Hey guys, and welcome back to The Natty Scene. We're joined by a fantastic guest today in the form of Jack Thorburn. Jack is no stranger to The Natty Scene podcast. He's an avid listener, but also an avid guest. This is his third time. (laughs) Very excited to have him on. Uh, We will roll through sort of a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of a discussion between myself, George and Jack bit of a catch up on where Jack is at similar to what me and George do on a weekly basis and then we'll roll into some listener questions of which we've got from Instagram and some of them may well be us three discussing the topics that have been suggested on on Jack's uh, Jack's thread as well so yeah an exciting one ahead so Jack give us a bit of a a bit of an update on sort of what things that are happening with you at the moment in terms of bodybuilding aspirations um, because we know that you finished a mini cut um, pretty pretty decent time ago now, and you've been pushing yeah. up calories. And where where are you at currently? What's been happening? And just give us a little bit of a general update, mate. Really. Okay. Um, so yeah, like you said, I finished my mini cut. I think it was around October because I I coincided with me starting um, as part of my degree. Now that it's quite placement based so I was going to be working in a school and I I was quite I was pushing the mini cut quite hard so I didn't want to be dragging whilst starting a new job essentially um it's quite a demanding job as well because you know PE you are on your feet all day you've got to be quite enthusiastic whereas when I dieted when I was working in retail it didn't matter whether I was a miserable prick so um yeah so I ended it I ended it then however my weight continued to drop um, even after dropping the mid, like stopping the mini cut. So I think some sort of dietary fatigue and then the, the stress of that I was putting myself under to drop weight, I ended up dropping weight further. So I've just basically been reversing out of that. Um, so increasing sort of 100 to 200 calories whenever I felt needed. Like, granted, I probably could have gone in a bit quicker. Um, my issue is a lot of the time I overthink where I need to place the calories, where is going to be the best bet. And someone who was actually trolling me on Instagram made a very good point and said, well, what's more optimal? You working out the best time to put the calories in or you just putting them in because at the moment you're not, you're not having them at all. Do you understand what I mean? So it'd be more optimal for me just to just put them in than to, think about the best time and not put them in. So um, but I found like quite a good groove at the moment. I'm still in pretty good. I'm still in pretty good, good, uh, good condition, but um, I'm slowly adding the pounds in. Uh, I mentioned to you, obviously, AJ, before we went on now, but I did shoot up midweek and put on about five pounds, but it's come off like straight away. I think it was just um, a combination of, because I was, oh, that was another thing I was off from work for two weeks so my activity my activity was right down so that would have affected it massively like my steps went down from 10k to like five yeah um and that was me like making a conscious effort to get five because i had like quite a lot of work to do and stuff so um goals moving forward uh i'd like to part of me thinks i could push back up again um because i think I got to 220 previously before I decided to mini cut. I think if I hit 220 again now, it would look drastically different 
Um, yeah. Because I feel like I had a good few months where training was really good and it just changed my composition completely. Like, granted, you look bigger when you diet down, but I actually felt during that mini cut, I put, I put, like, I put some muscle on because I, I looked drastically different. Um, so there is part of me that thinks I could push that far up, but then I would almost have to mini cut before the eventual goal of prepping in 2021. 20, so it's a trade-off of whether I want to sort of take it a bit slower for the whole of this year and then just go straight into the diet for 21, or whether I push hard for until maybe August, and then mini cut then, and then before I go into prep next year. But because I, if if I did that, like I, I know people say you can't rebound as a natural, but I felt like I sort of did a little bit. But who knows? Yeah, so that's the goal. So prep 20, 2021 is the goal. Um, so I, a lot of people are favouring looking towards later shows so they don't extend their preps, but. I'll always do the Welsh, so and that's one of the first ones. So I'll always do BMBF Welsh, and then probably look to do a UK DFBA. I'm surprised I didn't do one in um, 17, especially. I should have really, but um, so that's what we're going to do. Probably look to do the two feds in 21. So yeah. What's your mentality really like when it comes to off season and pushing up body weight? What's your sort of beliefs in how far you should push? Are you one of these people that thinks you should push pretty heavy and get pretty sloppy to a degree um, to reap the, the potential tissue gain? Are you someone that thinks you should stay leaner? What's your sort of your general thoughts on off-season pushing up? Well, well, realistically, you can gain muscle in the slightest um, calorie surplus. Like, it doesn't matter how far over you're still going to be making progress. So, and you can only make progress so quickly. So there's a part of me that thinks pushing too hard is completely pointless. Um, but I can't really say that because I did go up to 220 and that was quite a big 220. But at the end of the day, that was, that was almost a two month off season 220. So it's not as if I, rushed my way up there it took me nearly two years to do that um i i've got no issues with people getting sloppy to be honest i think it actually looks quite cool if you're a bit if you're quite chunky like i love seeing all the the old pictures of like jay and ronnie when they pushed off seasons and they were big even like lee priest when he was on the kfc diet like they all look massive and I I would take looking massive in an off season, even when you're a bit chubby, just to be pushing serious weight because the weight you'll be shifting compared to if you were sort of keeping it leaner are drastically different. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm edging towards the getting a bit chubbier if I'm honest. Um but you know, it, it you look better, you look there is like there is sort of downsides to like digestion, insulin sensitivity, because I can certainly feel now compared to say six months ago, well, a bit further. My, so if, for example, when I eat my pre-workout meal, I'm ready to go nearly straight away after, as opposed to before, 
I would be sat there nearly falling asleep after my pre-workout <laughs> meal. So there is a drastic difference in that regards. Um, I never suffer with appetite like issues, but in stuff like insulin <laughs> sensitivity and stuff like that, I can see why keeping it leaner would be a more sensible route. But at the end of the day, if you've got to push food to sort of bump the weight up, like I'm more for that. So I'm more towards that camp, I'd say. But at the end of the day, don't take the mick as well. Like some people are using it as like it's just a free for all. But do you, do you think um, when you pushed up to let's say 220, do you think it was worth it? Do you think that you kind of got the most out of that, or do you think you probably could have got away of being a little leaner and still made just as good as just as good as progress? I think what people need to understand is my push up to 220 wasn't a push up. It was me essentially. Like I had a lot of injury, a lot of injury issues, and I was just. I wasn't even thinking about how I looked or well in regards body fat or I wasn't thinking about all I was all I was focusing on was getting my training back to where it needs to be because if my training's not there I couldn't care less about really what I look like because I'm all focused about the training it's like AJ I know you answered this on your story you don't train to compete you compete because you train so I was solely focused on getting my training back so everyone was like People were asking me, like, aren't you worried about letting yourself go too far like to, to when you end up competing and stuff? If that's what I had to do to get my training back, that's all I cared about. And so I didn't really care about my body composition. It was just my sole focus was sorting my training out. Yeah. Um, and like I, like I mentioned previously, it was a two-year off-season near enough. So it everyone eventually is going to hit that weight if they carry on putting on putting on so everyone everyone would have reached that that body fat level so i was in a surplus for a long time um so i think you can get similar benefits but i think like i mentioned earlier if you really want to throw on more muscle i think there is what there is um there is a benefit of like increasing your body fat to a decent level yeah 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 i agree i agree with that which which both which both of you are demonstrating now yeah for sure. aj previously you wouldn't have stayed as you would have stayed leaner wouldn't you yeah i think i would i mean it's hard it's hard to tell because i think i eventually end up in the right position anyway i think you're sort of like when 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 you train like all three of us do you know, like almost so in tune with, with what the performance is saying in the session with regards to numbers. You almost end up where, where you need to be because you, you follow the logbook and whether the log the logbook will tell you whether you need to be a little bit heavier or, you know, like George, like at the moment, his, his presses are telling him he needs to be a little bit heavier to stabilise yeah. heavier yeah. loads and yeah. you know, start knocking into all-time strength levels, you know. And it was, this, it was the same for me, like on a lot of things. Um, almost felt like the logbook was starting to say, okay, I need that little bit more here, a little bit more there. And then I've also been like, I've also been to the point when like now I've hit like the mid 190s and I've been here for like months. But that's yeah. just because it feels good. I've got plenty of stored body fat as an energy source if I need it. Um, and I'm at maintenance of calories. 
and that feels good. And I've been I've been seeing my training performance keep rising. So there's nothing what, really to suggest. What's, that, what's weight doing? What's weight doing, body weight wise? Yeah, yeah. Is it shifting same. at all? It's not. It's not already going up. It's not already going down. It's just staying very similar and within a, a two to three pound range. And okay. composition like, visually, you'll like as you'll know yourself when you hold a weight, it just looks better and better and better. So that's what I'm saying. Are you hard. You're probably hardening up at that weight. Yeah, hundred percent. Slightly. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's just that's just evidence that you are adding like lean tissue then, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, or at least having some shift in something which is favourable well, for the next it's a, phase. It's the point. It's the point. I want to make, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone it really, but if you're slightly over your maintenance calories, I mean slightly, okay, enough for you to, for all the processes of hypertrophy to occur, so you can add muscle, adding tissue is thermically costly, like, so it'll, it burns calories. Yeah. So if you're adding tissue on, you may be in that surplus enough to, to add the tissue, but the process of adding the tissue on will negate it, so you'll drop back down. So, John, Simon, so yeah. you'll be you will be adding tissue, but the overall your overall calories may be at maintenance or even just below because of the tissue you're adding on. And of yeah. course, as you add tissue, there's a greater energy demand as well. Yeah. So slightly. Like it is, which is where the sort of you can't grow in a deficit. You might be putting yourself in a deficit by growing yourself so it's there's potential there but that's probably evident of what you're doing at the moment so yeah i think with enough enough of the training stimulus is there it's definitely possible um again the logbook you'll know whether you're in a position of uh, gaining yeah. more tissue or not um and a lot of the time like i've hit you know you'll hit stores george hill stores um and that's partly relevant to a not not enough energy demand coming in yeah um but yeah, so I guess uh, one, of, one of the other things that I actually wanted to ask you as well is what, so as a bodybuilder, there's loads of people online that say I'm fucking consistent. Like I'm, I'm on it 24 yeah. seven. What to you is consistency as a bodybuilder? Like what, what does consistency mean to you? Just, just tell us what it means. <laughs> oh. The hard one to answer without fucking off 99% of bodybuilders. It will, it will. Including <laughs> 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 George. Yep. <laughs> I don't know, but it's... <laughs> because you, you could say it's hitting the same macros based on how your day is at the same time every day. I don't... Because for me, in what I, what I do... So it's the same meals at the same, near enough the same time, every day. Just whatever you're scheduled to do on that day, you're doing it, basically. Mm. Like, if everyone's different in what they're scheduled to do. So if you write out what you're going to do for the week, you do that exactly as you've written up. So that's consistency. Mm. Um, Go on, I was going to ask, Mike. I know, obviously, you're very regiment. Like, I know pretty much your stories off by heart. Like, when you eat, when you do. I don't, need, I don't need to post them, really, do I? Everyone knows I'm going to be. Not by heart, but in terms of like, I know a lot of people have slated you in the past for you know doing what you do. Um, I see a lot of people like he does cardio at half four. Like, sometimes yeah. I think 
ridiculous as well. Um, but, but I credit you. I, I don't care what you do because it's, it, it works for you. Um, but do you, what, what's the reason for doing exactly what you do? Because I know a lot of people sit here and question why you do that. Why do you do cardio at half four in the morning every other day? Or why do you eat at this particular time? Why have you done that? And have you ever thought about, you know, changing things up and actually going, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do something different today. I'm not, for me, I'm very different at times. Like if I feel different yeah. on something, I'll, I'll go and eat something off plan or right, yeah. I'll go do something slightly different to what I usually would do. But I know of yourself that would never happen. And that's why I credit you a lot for that. But for people that don't know why you do what you do, why, why do you do that? Like why, what's the reasons for everything that you do? Because it's so regiment and so, yeah. you know, um, there's no, there's no flaws at all. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a combination of a few things. Um, I think I'm quite scared of change. Like one, which is a prime example of me not making calorie adjustments in my meal plan because I'm so used to things. I don't like. I don't want to change. Like because I know what I have to eat at a certain time. I know what I'm doing, and I know what it's going to bring. Like what it's going to make me feel etc so that's why i always keep that the same um and also like if i know if something's worked for me i just stick at it i think but it's near enough the plan that the meal plan that i use now isn't too far off what i was eating five years ago minus now i'm a bit i let myself have like sugar post-workout whereas before it would be i was when i was a kid i was so bro it was unbelievable i would diet on chicken and broccoli every meal like just every meal and then maybe after training i'd have chicken and rice and that was it but um but with the car the cardio question simple because someone asked me that on uh, the questions actually like why i do it you know i've got to be i've got to be in work at like seven o'clock, quarter past seven. It takes me near enough two hours to meal prep in the morning, about there or thereabouts, like or to just get ready in general. So if I don't do it, then when am I going to do it? Because um, I, I I I don't do it post workout. One, because it would make me feel horrendous, and two, you know I'm in the gym for long enough as it is, so I don't want to add thirty five minutes of cardio on at the end. And also there are conflictions if you're doing cardio around like your training and stuff. Um, if it's a weekend, the reasons why I do it at that time is because I, I, I'm going to do it fasted. I'll always do my cardio fasted. And meal one is always at six o'clock. So if it's not done then, there's, there's no other time to do it. And But like my... I don't know what, but my meal one has always been at around six o'clock. Always. That's just how it's always been. And I think if you switch yourself off to almost like switching yourself off to emotions or that the deviation from the plan is even an option, once you do that, it just doesn't happen and you just get on with it. Like for me, for me, deviating from the plan is never an option but so a few people have asked me oh one day you're just gonna crumble and you're gonna eat your body weight in chocolate and you're gonna think i fucking give up and just eat all that and i said no 
trust me that'll never happen because it's it's almost because I've put out on social media and just in life in general, everyone knows that I am like Mr. Consistency. They, I put myself under so much pressure from that that I would never let myself go because you know, right? If I if I don't post a meal on Instagram, that's the day I fucked up and I and I've lost it. I've done. I've done. So. It, that doesn't really answer your question, but it's hard for me to answer the question. It's basically, I know no different, and I'm afraid to deviate from the plan, so I just stick to it. Um, and it, it makes it easier for me. I don't have to think. I was talking to someone on Instagram just now before we came on, and I was just saying that it's so much easier for me to stick to everything because you know I'm not bashing in numbers on my phone, worrying about hitting my macros and stuff like that. It's just like robot mode. It's easy. Yeah, for sure. I can agree with the like being scared to add food, um, especially when I used to keep just my carbs in and around my training. And then it got to a point of where, you know, trying to fit in, let's say, 500 gram of carbs around my training is just not going to happen. Um, the same again with like the rest days, like I used to do uh, as what you as what you do with the kind of, you know, the back load. Load. yeah, the back load, the pro fat. But it got to a point of where it just made me feel horrendous. Like yeah. food focus was was high throughout the day, and, and trying to cram in what I needed to cram in, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it in my life. I couldn't, you know, consume 250 gram of carbs in my final meal, especially on a rest day. Um, so I can, I can, I can definitely relate to that. Do you think? Um, just a quick question on: Do you think like the way you are in terms of like the the food side of things? Do you feel like when you do have that meal off plan? Like I know some sometimes you just you know you go out and you ha you have a meal. Do you think your relationship with food, like when you do go out, like it's, it's, it's difficult to stop because you deprive yourself so much of that particular food? Because I know when you eat, you, you eat, you go in hard. You don't just have, you know, just a, a burger and yeah. let's say a little portion of chips. You yeah. go, you go in hard. Do you think that is because of what you do right now? And it's, you know, when you let yourself go, it's quite difficult or is it, is it all manageable? Can you manage that yeah. side of it? It definitely used to be. Um, it used to be really bad. Like I would, I would. I remember when I was dieting for a holiday in 2015. I would diet hard for like two weeks, and for a holiday diet, I mean hard. Like I was really lean on holiday. I had a vein running from my head to my toe all the way down. Um, so I would like that when that during that time I would diet really hard for two weeks, and I would always let myself have a treat on the second week and I would be searching the menu the week before I would know the menu off by heart the week before and I would go and I would eat like I remember I went to smokehouse and I'd have like three main meals and their meals are huge as well so yeah back in the day my food focus was high um but right now as of after the mini cut it's the best it's ever been like I actually was quite worried about why it was so low the before because I love my food and like a couple of weeks ago my parents asked me if I wanted to go to this burger place in uh, Brecon in Wales and it's been voted like the number one burger restaurant in Wales it's insane called the hills and their Instagram is like I follow them and I actually go on there and look at their burgers but and they asked me if I wanted to go and I was like I'm not really too bothered because I think at the moment with 
I'm so focused on and I'm so happy with the progress that I can make now because I know I can make progress that I, I'm not too bothered about food now. Like I still love food, but I'm not going to go out for a meal. I, if I was sensible, I could just go out for a meal, but I know because I love food so much, I'd just go out and I'd pick a few things on the menu and then potentially it could mess up eating the next day, for example. So it's I need to get a balance between the two because I think I'm I'm leaving it because I think if I go, I'll eat too much. Whereas if I was sensible, I'd just go and eat a normal meal or just like one meal. So I think it's, but no, to answer your question, right now I'm in the best sort of position I've, I've been in. Um, with like regards food focus and stuff. I know on Christmas day, I did go in fairly hard on the mains, but that was it. It was, it was two plates. I had nothing else for the whole, like no different the whole day. All my meals were exactly the same. So, you know, that's, that's nothing really, but. A lot, a lot of people will say like, like listeners to sort of help them a little bit, give them some value. Like a lot of listeners will say that they've come across, come across difficulties with their family and that the family don't agree with them not coming to social events or, yeah. you know, say it's, you know, their nan's birthday and you say, no, I can't go because meal five isn't Chinese, you know, like these situations are very hard, hard to deal with for some people. So I know you've been in situations like I've seen Instagram stories of you at meals out social events yeah. in Tupperware. How, like, how do you handle that? does do you have any so do you meet any stick with that or you know what's the reality right. yeah of that meticulous um okay so there's two there's two sort of different answers to that um yeah i've done plenty of meals where what what you need to do is you either find a restaurant or you know of a restaurant that is happy for you to bring your own sort of tupperware because realistically, if you're going as a big group, you're throwing a hundred pound their way. So if you have a quiet word with them and say, right, can you just, I'm the only one not eating with the group, but everyone else is eating. Can you just bring this out with the rest of the group? You'd be surprised that I think as long as you're not asking them because they might be worried about the sort of what's in there and uh, using their microwaves, just say, bring it out cold then, whatever. So I think that's one because I've done that plenty of times. Luckily enough, the curry house my family love, they're quite good friends with the owner. So he'll just bring it out for me. We've done that loads. Um, but then there's the other side of the equation and like being brutally honest, I am incredibly selfish and my parents don't like bodybuilding at all. They hate it purely because they don't hate the sport. They just hate what it's done to me. <laughs> um, because I'll I'll be brutally honest with them and say like if if I can't go out because I've got to get a meal or it's gonna I've got to get an early night in I'll tell them straight and they know that's the case um, they don't like it but you for anyone to be the best they can be there is there is an element of selfishness in there it's just the trait you've got to you've got to weigh it up really. Um, because being kind and well not necessarily kind but the the balancing element if you're a bit more balanced 
you may get the benefits of feeling psychologically better the person who you're being selfless to may bring things to your life so you've got to weigh the balance up um which is obviously why i don't have any of that in my life um because with me there's not an awful lot of balance it's a lot more one side so so you either sort out bringing your meals there or you just like i've gone to plenty and not eaten at all and just been there um which you can do it's a bit awkward but if that you know you you're still there so you're still that's sort of the balance so you're going but um or you just don't go at all and you'd be selfish so. is there anything that you look back on and for example opportunities going out or having the opportunity to have more of a balance is there anything that you haven't ad admitted that you look back on and think shit actually I, sh I should have taken that opportunity or maybe i should have done something you know which 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 looked good or whatever um it's a really good question but to be honest i don't think there is um because everything i've done has led me to where i am now um i haven't you know like yeah i've passed up loads of going out for meals in uni i know like similar to you george um i used to go out but i'd pull sober ones quite a lot and then got to stage in third year where i couldn't really be bothered so i wouldn't go out at all but i still go out but not half as much as the boys i lived with um but off the top of my head there's not really any anything that i change my only regrets really was that I had a bird the whole way through uni, so I didn't get up to what I wanted to. And then as soon as uni finished, I didn't. So, um, but not, off the top of my head, there's not really that many things that I'd change really. Um, I think if I, if I could find a way to balance a better relationship with like my family and stuff, I, I would do that. Um, but I find it very hard um, because like my mum especially, uh, like she deserves the world. And sometimes I'm a bit like, because I'm living by myself now, the, 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 the day I moved up here, I was sat in my room and I was like, shit, I, like, I already miss my parents. And I was thinking back on if I'd been a dick to them the day before or something like that. Not Not a dick, but just, Say, for example, if I'm eating my meal, I'll eat it in the kitchen as opposed to, like, going and chatting with them in the, the living room, just stuff like that. But so I think if there was one thing I'd say potentially that I would have not been a better son, but sort of interacted with them a bit more, stuff like that. I think we, we I think, George, you would agree with that, that you there's an element of that with yourself, isn't there? Yeah, hands down. It made me appreciate my parents a lot more when I used to go back home um, compared to when I was, was usually there every single day. Because um, I think when you learn to miss something or someone, um, then you definitely start to appreciate them or that a lot more for sure. Um, and you don't, you take for granted whilst you're there. Like, like, so like I try and I try and I'm sort of trying to make up for it a bit now. So whenever I'm home, I go, I, I go out for like little coffees with my mum or something like that. And I'm always trying to make conversation with my dad, like, 
my dad doesn't give a shit about bodybuilding. And, you know, there's when my life is bodybuilding, there's not an awful lot I have to talk about except bodybuilding. So now I'm always looking for other things that I can try and talk to him about. So just little things like that. Mm, definitely. Do you ever think that you're going to get to a point um, when you're a little bit older, like, right, I can't continue doing what I am doing. Like, there's going to be a point where obviously you're going to have to move out. There's going to be a point where maybe you might potentially look for a partner, maybe one day having kids. Do you think that, you know, one day there's going to be a point where you say, you know what, I, I can't continue doing this because potentially life goals might change and you might want to go down a different route or will you try and still do your best with what you are doing now um, but try and fit the other aspect of it in as well? Yeah, I think it may, it may, I'm sure it's bound to come to a stage where my life goals do change. Um, obviously at the moment I'm busy sorting a career out so that does take up a bit of time there so once that's sorted and I land down and like settle down with a job, there's more time for that. But I think it's always going to be a massive, like obviously bodybuilding is always going to be a massive part of my life. And it's going to just be down to how much I'm willing to sacrifice for say a relationship, children, stuff like that. Um, I think it's, it's going to come down to meeting the right person as well. Do you and see then, yourself only being with someone that, that trains? See, I've heard both, sort of both. It's better to be with someone that trains because they understand it, obviously. But then some people say it's better completely the opposite. So then you almost have something different to talk about or something. Yeah. So you're not just... Because if you're with someone... I don't know what it's like with you and Danny, but if you're with someone that trained, like say, for example, if I was with someone that trained, I'd find that my conversation with them would be most like, would probably end up being about training. And yeah. then then your whole life's basically training. Because you, you train, you come home, and then you end up talking about training or stuff like that. But I think, um, so I don't know. I think... Obviously, even if they were, if they weren't anything to do with bodybuilding or no training, they'd have to be very understanding. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's gonna get to a stage where I need to weigh up whether I need to take other people's sort of take them into consideration as well. So it's the trade-off then. So we've had a, a brief pause in proceedings because I ran out of meeting time on Zoom, so I need to upgrade from my peasant package to the paid option. Ties um, out. <laughs> so, so now we're gonna move on to some listener questions. So, um, George, do you wanna take the helm with your first question? First question, do you think JP will ever turn pro? Honest thoughts on his physique. I know we're all a very big JP fan, so I thought I'd crack that one out. Good question. Uh, get your perspective. I think he could easily turn pro. Realistically, you see, you see the amount of people that turn pro at the moment. I think he could. It all comes down to which which show you turn up to. Really, um, he could pick some Daffy Duck show, like AJ likes to call it, over in say he could pick a European show. That no one really turns up to, and um, 
I think with him, it comes down to he's got so much muscle. I think it would almost come down to him not being afraid to maybe lose some just to really come in. If he came in nails, condition-wise, I think he'd look phenomenal. I think the problem with him is it, like I was looking back on his um, show at the Big Man Weekend, it's almost just like too muscular and there's no detail in it because he's just, it's like slabs of muscle. Yeah. Um, but he, he could, he could do it. He could do it. And I hope he does to be honest, because um, like the way he's talking at the moment on the site and social media, I, don't, I, I feel sorry for him because I don't know how long he's got left to be honest, without sounding ridiculous. Like, you know, in this in this week's push session, he said he he couldn't do any pressing at all. Yeah, so the whole of his session was flies and laterals, like that must be shit. So yeah, that's what Joe Richardson did his whole prep was cuffs and cuff flies and cuff laterals. I I, I don't know how he kept his head on. I'd go insane. <laughs> yeah. So so yes, he could turn pro, and obviously, you know, I I I love. I w- I wouldn't say I love his physique. Like, I, I admire it massively. It's incredible. Um, and I just admire him as a person. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty cool what he's built, though. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, next one. Pretty obvious question, but when are you competing next? What shows do you plan to do? We've already discussed a few, but what, yeah. will, you, what will you actually, like, what will we be? Let's turn that on this head. We know when you're going to compete. 2021 BNBF Welsh will be the first show. So, what what are your main goals next competitive season? I'll turn it on and say. Okay, so obviously the goal going into that show would be if I'm still a, a middleweight to win medals, and then you got you got to say the overall. I think based on what I've done previously, I don't want to, which is one of the reasons why I've taken the time off. I don't want to just win a show or qualifier and then that's it. Yeah. Um, the same as what I answered in the first question. If you pick the right show, you may be able to nip a win when you're pretty average. Yeah, absolutely. So, but the standard is improving all the time. So, yeah. um, so I think an overall would be the goal. And then I'm looking to do bet. Like the next step for me is to win a British. Um, so I've come top three in juniors before I came top four in heavies the last time I competed I think the the next target for me is a British um, and then also I'd love to go on um, a world trip so be that Miami or New York I'd love to I'd love to go on one of those trips so what is an, an impressive physique to you like what's impressive? What do you look for in a physique? Obviously, if if I look at a physique, no matter how good their upper body is, if they've got poor legs, I instantly think shit physique. Like I don't, it just it's a massive turn off to their physique. So I think the first thing you always notice is their legs, specifically, obviously from the front quads. Mm. Um, so that would be the first thing, and then. I think the second thing you notice is sort of like capped shoulders then. Because if you've got if you've got those two in a physique, you're 
you're instantly going to be noticed. So like legs and delts are pretty. But then obviously you've got to say if you've got a massive back from behind, then that's pretty impressive as well. So I'd say those three things. Um, but for me mainly, I'd say big set of legs and a dense backs, the two things I look for, probably I'd say. Yeah, which, is, which is what we're all chasing, really, isn't it? Everyone talks about that with the whole dense physique sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, what is your favourite look from any of your shows? When when did you feel like you looked your best? Well, certainly not my first show in 2016 when I did a 16-week prep on keto, turned up looking like Mo Farah, and then got rushed on stage because I forgot the timings. So I had no like no show day tan on, no pump up. Oh, and I'd wow. eaten and I'd eaten food like 10 minutes before going on. So <laughs> it wasn't that one. Still the leanest guy in the show and it was an untested federation. So um but I think it's a hard one because my fullness at BMBF Welsh in 17 was good because my injuries hadn't had as much of an effect on the luck because I they it only set on like four weeks out from the show so I didn't really lose any like much fullness um but then again in the finals 16 weeks later I was I was a lot leaner but because of the training, I'd faded a little bit. Mm. Um, not, I didn't fade because of the prep. I just faded because like my training wasn't hundred percent. Yeah. So I think it would have been nice to have not had the injuries going into the finals in seventeen. And that probably would have been my preferred luck. But there's always that trade-off. I know you've mentioned it plenty of times, AJ. The trade-off of the fullness to truly be lean or in. So. I think I'd have to, I'd, to be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd happily say the best look was the finals, probably in 17, the NBA final 17. Yeah. Because if I'd, if I'd had a morning weigh-in as opposed to an evening weigh-in without making excuses, I'd have been a middleweight. Yeah, you would have been. And I would have been a, dec a decent force in middleweights, realistically. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, your current favourite and least exercise and why? <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at EJ. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it's not a reflection of what you said. Sorry to fucking keep you up, son. Well, I, boring, I, is it? I get that at every check-in. It's a your way through. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, mate. I don't know what's sorry. wrong with me. <laughs> Elo, Jude. It's those glasses, son. It is, mate. I'm dozing off over here. Um, so the question was favorite and least favorite exercise, is it? And why? Four. I don't know. I think I'm very vis I'm very visual. So when I train, I almost like to think about other people doing the exercise. I know George, you I think you do something similar because you always and we're always watching sort of like for example jps we're always watching the videos before we train and stuff so when i'm loading up a hammer strength incline press i'm thinking about him fucking punching the weight up and like i always quite enjoy doing those movements so for example 
at the moment, I'm enjoying the incline ham strength. I'm enjoying a hack squat. Um, and then like a deadlift variation, funny enough, at the moment. So I'd say those three. And a lot of it is because certain people on social media and stuff, they are three exercises that are very common on social media. So I can see a lot of people doing that. And there's that competitive element as well. Like that, like I come from a rugby background, there's always a competitive element. So when you see a lot of people doing them, you always, like without being too egotistical, you are always trying to beat other people and stuff as well, as well as yourself, really. But um, I do love a good leg extension, obviously, even though they are the bane of my life because they are where all my leg training issues come from. Because if I can have an amazing session, but if my leg extension sets aren't great, I just don't think the session's good. But I don't know. That's like it's like a constant battle with me and the leg extension because that it's got it. It causes a few niggles to flare up if I don't nail it down properly. But yeah, so I'd say those four. I got a quick quick question on that. Like, um, you know, when you do like your leg extension, sometimes they're like eight nine minutes long. A video in that. Does someone actually stand there and record you for like eight nine minutes? Just stand no, no, no. on the camera. I was gonna say. No, no. My arm someone, will be someone, yeah, someone messaged me that. No, no, they're set up. They're set up on a good tripod. I was going to say, because I see some sets and they're, they're quite long. And I'm thinking, does someone actually hold the camera for like five, six minutes straight? Especially if you don't know them, they might be thinking, what is this? <laughs> I didn't expect to record it for 10 minutes. <laughs> I think it's definitely not now. But I think a year, two years, like, or maybe two years ago, they would, like, I would make someone do it. But because I'm mid in the set, I wouldn't realise how long it was going on for. And like people were starting to like refuse to film me and stuff. And I was thinking, well, why are they doing that? But then I realised it was because I was taking the piss. So now it's either I only get them to film if I know it's going to be sub like 12 reps or I just use a tripod. So Yeah. Um, what was your least favourite? Sorry. Did you cover that, the least favourite? Well, funny enough, it's probably leg extension as well, because sometimes <laughs> it fucking pisses me right off. But no, really, because it's hard to say, because if, if I don't like an exercise, I'm not going to do it, really. Um, I, don't, I, I don't have a least favourite exercise, to be honest. Um, not that I can think of. Top of my head. I, don't, I don't bench press, because I think that would... Fuck me right up. So, I'd, yeah, if I'm gonna say one bench press, flat barbell. So, what? Quick one. I've, I've actually just made this question up. Um, Go on what? Then. What scare? What one? You got any exercise that actually scare you? When I used to do the Cybex hack, I used to sit there for about 10, 15 minutes contemplating doing the fucking set. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that right now that just when you think about it, just scares you? Just think, fuck, I'm, I'm actually going to have to go do that. With, without over-exaggerating every exercise. <laughs> um, like, I do make it aware on social media that my anxiety in training is quite high. Um, mm. But that all stems from... stems from, like, injury. But it's not, it's not an anxiety of injuring myself. It's the fact... Because I struggle to connect on a lot of exercises because of, like, postural issues and stuff. It's a lot better now than it ever has been. But... I would go into sets worrying about like, am I going to be able to put a hundred percent in? Like, 
am I gonna am I gonna get a few reps in and like my shoulders stabilizers give way and I can't do the set to my full potential. So that that is what I worry about. So I am scared in that regard. But that is a lot better. I don't have half the worries that I used to. Um, but if I was to link it closer to like what you were saying, I can see where you're coming from because Cybex hack is savage. Um, but yeah, I'd say similar. So maybe like hack squat, I get a bit nervous for. Deadlifts, another one I get nervous for, which is strange really because all you got to do with a deadlift is fucking rip it off the floor. So you shouldn't really worry too much. But yeah, probably those two. And then leg extension again. Get really scared about that. Because because I know if I get if I get locked into it, it's gonna go for a long time. So do you, do you think the filming do you think the filming helps you or hinders you? Like in terms of like the pressure you're putting on yourself because you're you're worried about training and whether you're gonna be locked in or whether your elbow's gonna fuck up or your shoulders or whatever, like do you think filming yourself adds pressure because you know you've yeah. got thousands no, of people it, watching you train. It does. It it does. But I don't at the time I don't think about the people watching it. No. I just think about the camera. And it's not just training. Like this this is how this proves to me that a lot, quite a lot of my injury issues are, are linked psychologically. I can pose, but when I go home I'll pose at home. And I'll, I'll look at myself and think, fuck, you look pretty good. And there'll be no issues in regards like how I, like sometimes you'll see my pictures, my shoulder will lock in or whatever. There'll be no issues at all when I pose. I look symmetrical. I can, I can tense everything. It's fine. The second a camera comes in front of me to take a picture, it, like, it suddenly becomes a massive struggle. And I just can't for the life of me understand why it is. Um, so to answer the question, if I'm having a bad day, then yeah, the camera does throw me off even more. If I'm having a good day, it doesn't bother me at all. And I quite enjoy it, to be honest. But um, and at the end of the day, it brings me the sort of attraction. It brings people my way on social media. So yeah, it's almost like I have to do it, really. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because like prime example now the bbc came down to the gym that i'm at in pont de and they spoke to the owner and they said we're doing a column or we're doing filming on bodybuilding and social media and how they sort of interact and stuff like that and he they asked have you got anyone in here like that would sort of fit the bill and he said the first person i thought of was you so i'm putting your name in and they're going to come and um film next week so i might potentially have something on that so you know like it's so like there was a stage a couple of years ago when i was going to come off social media um because my head was gone and it was like you said i felt the pressure i had to post stuff and it was making things worse um because i remember i posted just a stage picture and i didn't caption it um or it was something like see you later or something like that and it got loads of likes, and then that just tickled me a bit. So I thought, nah, you can't quit. So I came back. <laughs> so. <laughs> cool. I agree with the, um, the video filming as well. That's something which I've stopped doing. Do, quite well, do you both do you both feel the same in that regards, or like the the pressure when you're filming? I, ca I can't film. I can't film everything because it just gets just gets tedious. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, for me, like, I know maybe it's easier in your gym, you know more people, whatever, but for me, I feel, I feel a little scared to ask people to film, apart from if it's, like, someone I really know, or it's Danny or someone like that. I mean, sometimes I feel bad asking Danny because it's, like, interrupting a session. And, like, if someone was to ask me to film and I was, like, in the zone, I'd, I'd get I'd get pissed off. So yeah. me, that's a bit difficult. I'm quite um, I'm quite sneaky that there are people that I'd never be mates with in the gym yeah. who I who I sort of fakely befriend. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so I get I get them on side, oh. so then they'll film for me. <laughs> but oh, <God. laughs> so whenever whenever I see them, I'll make a conscious effort just to be like, "All right, mate, how's it going? What's happening?" See if they're all right. But film this fucking then, like ten minutes later, but like, oh mate, can you film this? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, mate. Oh, we're bros now. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're friends. Um, uh, is that a good question here? Based <laughs> on that topic, someone's asked. Alex has asked, "How long until Jack has a physical altercation with someone in his videos?" <laughs> in the video, yeah. I don't know. It's I tell you what, it's brewing because someone complained about me the other day filming in the gym. Mm. Um, and then when I went to film the next day, he wasn't even in the video or anything now. And he was looking at the other side of the gym, shaking his head at me. And he was the one that complained. And I thought, fuck this. So I went over to him and confronted him about it. And I just said, like, basically, what's your issue with it? Yeah. And he's like quite an old, he's like an old school guy. So it's 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 the fact of that he thinks that if you film you're not training hard basically, that's that's his issue and he says it's a distraction you should be training but so it's 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 not hindering him at all but he just that he's made it an issue and I don't know. Um, yeah, I had loads of people like that in my old gym. I used to get like laughed at for filming and yeah, it's just that's rubbish. And I'll say and I'll say. A lot of people in Ultraflex film anyway because they film for the same reasons we film. It's either yeah, it's different environment film, though, social media or form or like there's so many reasons to film. Um, it's a lot. A lot of it's the older sort of generation. Yes, a lot of it is. Um, but, and then there's also that group that are quite afraid to be on social media and they just think that if then they're in the back of the, a video, they're going to get harassed by hundreds of people as if yeah. you know i've got to fucking try hard enough for people to give a shit about me in the video let alone what you're doing in the background so um but no i don't know when the next altercation is going to be um you know hopefully hopefully no time soon because i got a couple of bands from my old gym and i don't want to i don't want one from this gym so i think even though i did call that guy an effing C-U-N-T. And did you see what happened on my video the other day? A bloke walked past my camera and intentionally knocked it off. So in I the middle of the set, I said, you've got to be joking me, you effing C. And I showered it at him as he's walking off. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, so hopefully no time soon. Um, I'm sure it would make for a funny video on Instagram because I'd certainly let it carry on rolling. So it would be fun. Um, <laughs> But yeah. So. Okay. Cool. George, you got one? 
Um, most of the most of my questions are, are, are really shit. There's one question: thoughts on like a five-week surplus, gain one pound per week, then one week a thousand calories deficit to lose fat. No, 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 it's no, no. stupid question. No, no, no. question. Sorry if you answer. Sorry if you ask that question. No, let's not even give that airtime. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the um the whole natural thing versus assisted thing. So we we know George's opinion. You know my opinion. Like, what's what's your what's your opinion on on where your heads? I know that you're inspired by a lot of people in the industry that are assisted, but because you you know I know you follow a lot of the big guys like you know Lou Dusty and you know John DeRosa, like all these people that you follow like are assisted. Like, do you think that's anything you consider in the future or or perhaps not? Yeah, it's strange. I don't think I don't think I've ever really. Obviously, I love loads of natural physiques, but I've never been inspired by a natural, and I follow mostly enhanced bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, it's it's bodybuilding is just all about maxing what you can do. Yeah. So my goal is to max what a natural can do, which then links into why I don't go down the enhanced route, because if I was to, I'd have to do everything I could to be the best enhanced athlete and for me that's with the extremist that I am that's going to see me pick up a lot of health issues and not be around for a very long time yeah, like all, yeah. all jokes aside because I wouldn't I wouldn't be afraid to really push you know I'm not gonna start my first cycle with 200 tests and just leave it there do you know what I mean like I'm I wouldn't do the sensible thing I'd be all in so that's my first reason second reason my family would like obviously i'm i'm not a completely family man anyway but they would completely disown me especially my dad even my dad even at the age of nearly 60 would batter me like he would batter me if he found out i went on gear um and you know i'm 25 now I if I was gonna do it, I probably would have started when I was like seventeen. To be honest, if I really wanted to maximise what I was gonna do, I would have done it then. But I'm too far down the line now. Um, and you know, I'm when I when I think about all the sort of health supplements I'd need to take and all the precautions I'd need to take, it fries my head. You know, I do I do enough already. Let alone if I have to do all that, this, I don't know, that's just my sort of thought process behind it. And at the same time, you're probably kidding yourself if you think, like, I think I can achieve a lot more naturally than I could the equivalent if I went down the enhanced route. So, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, and I think, I think, I think the natural the response that is, <laughs> but no, we'll get towards it. We um, go on, George. What are you saying? And I was just saying that was I was waiting for AJ. It looked like AJ was about to say something, but he he, he never said anything. I was like, go on, <laughs> go on. There's something on, something on your tongue. Yeah, I was thinking. I'm surprised you're not because, like, you know, Cardiff is the capital of steroids, isn't it? South yeah. South Wales is actually the capital of steroids in the UK. Yeah, it is. Um. A lot, but, but believe it or not, a lot of that is within sort of like sport. So mm-hmm. rugby, a lot of that is in rugby. Um, but yeah, nice. No, 
it is very popular down here. Um, I don't know whether that's just because, well, no, I do, I do know why it is, because the stereotypical sort of Valley's boy is a geared up, geared up bloke with a tight t-shirt sort of thing, isn't it? So that's, yeah. and a lot of people are very driven by their sort of appearance. Talking to which, that's a lovely eye, George. Lovely. Yeah, it's just, it's just seeing us like, what the fuck's going on here? God knows what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, like, if I saw, because obviously, I mean, being in Cardiff, I mean, does it not ever, like, do you never ever think about what you could look like if you ever went down that route? Does it not, like, you see some people and think, fuck, like, I don't know, you're a big, like, when you see someone who's genetically gifted, it does piss you off, I know that. Um, but you do you ever look it doesn't, it doesn't piss me off. I'm just like, fuck you, lucky bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I don't know, like, <laughs> for example, I recently I've started to cop a lot of flack on Instagram. I don't know where it's come from, really. Um, I think it's because I give it back so they enjoy it, whereas <laughs> if I didn't, they wouldn't. I'm getting, I'm getting loads of flack from this group of boys, um, from a certain area. And it's funny because none of them follow me either, which is hilarious. Um, they're all on the gear and they give me loads of stick about a few things. And you know, there is a part of me that thinks, you know, I'm basically I, I'm basically look similar size to you and you're slamming in. I It would be quite fun to use your cycle and look twice the size of you and just be like, shut the fuck up. But... It's, it's that's just an ego thing, and that you know, in the long run, but nice no, it because, like, like I said earlier, for me, if I was to go on it, my aspirations wouldn't look wouldn't be to look all right, it would be to be full blown freak kind of thing. So, you know, mm. I agree, um, and like, George, a lot of your I don't care what other people think of me, like walking around the place, so. It, it wouldn't be a thing of, oh, I see all these other people, big gear ads. Like, it doesn't make me feel like, oh, I need to go on it. It's, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm who I am. I'm the little faggot natty. So it's just being the best faggot natty I can be. So, hmm. I've seen, uh, especially on Instagram, a lot of people do criticize you and you, you post it on your uh, stories and stuff like that. But you don't take criticism well, do you? I've, I've noticed that you're very, if someone's like critiquing your form, you're very <laughs> biting back. Yeah, because yeah, I leave, I I live my life by like a simple rule yeah. that if you're fucking smaller than me, don't comment. <laughs> simple. No, that that is simple. If you're fucking smaller than me, you've never won a show. You haven't done shit. Prime example, my gay caption the other day. You know, ain't done shit. Don't say shit. Like, I don't know where people get the bollocks from to comment. Like, you haven't done anything. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> that, is, that is the simple, like, uh, simple thing. You haven't done anything. So how, how do you have the guts to tell me what's right or wrong? Like, I don't get it. But yeah. That's just basically where that comes from. And the thing is, when I, you say I don't take criticism well, I, I take it fine. I just enjoy biting back. Like, I enjoy giving them stick back. It's, like, a bit of entertainment for me. Like, I've got so much going on in my own head. I talk to myself all day about certain things. Like, I haven't got enough space in my head 
to sort of worry about what anyone else thinks, which is why I don't give a shit because I just I don't care. Yeah. So if people think it gets to me. It doesn't get to me. It's funny. So I think I think you say why is my audience? <laughs> is it on your end? I had it on my end. Yeah, it's fine now. I think. Try again. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so with the with the criticism, you you take it fine when it's from the right people, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. if yeah. if someone critiques you that has done shit or is like ahead of you in terms of progression or or at least matched on yours, is done similar things. You take it, you take it fine. I'm pretty sure you have in the but, past. Yeah, so. but those those type of people don't feel the need to. Yeah. Because that that is that saying that what is it that you you someone someone doing better than you will never sort of criticize you, or you'll never be criticized by someone doing better than you. Yeah. You know, it's always people below you. So, um, but yeah, no. If it if it's constructive criticism from someone, I sort of trust or admire or that they've done that they've accomplished something like if if one of you two gave me criticism i would i'd take it on board yeah you know i'm not going to take it on board from someone that hasn't got a fucking instagram profile picture has zero followers and zero following so he doesn't even follow me he just fucking goes on my page daily and thinks what can i give him shit for so it's just stuff like that but Thank you, because I obviously mean something to you. For you to go out of your time to do that, you must be a right fucking loser. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. So we've got like eight minutes left on this recording, yeah. so I think we should just wrap things up. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure we've covered some decent questions there, there and obviously uh, a little bit I don't know, of our well. questions as well. Have you got anything else to leave with, George, at all? No, I'm all good. Um, it's a pleasure having you on, Jack. I always love listening to to how you do things in your ways because it's, it's so different to other people. And I love that you're set in your own ways, you know, and you don't give a fuck about what anyone else says. You you still will continue doing what you do best. Um, and and that that for me is good. I love that. It does it does help me sort of because because it's just something different then, isn't it? So it separates me from other things as well, other people. Um, but yeah, no, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure as always. Um, and like you said, George, I enjoy, obviously, and love following you two. I think you two are the, the, the first, some of the first two that pop up on the stories. Yeah. So, oh, you, Jack. <laughs> Jack, I still watch, I still watch your videos um, or your posts or Instagram po uh, stories, even though I know it's the exact same thing. I know that what you're yeah, the same. <laughs> I know. You skip, George, you can watch them, just skip through them. I don't mind that. As long as it's a number at the bottom, don't worry. <laughs> I, still, I still actually look, look at them. I don't just flick through. Like, I still oh, you're holding the screen like, oh, what's he got in there? Yeah. I know I, what's I, in there. You know what's in there. Yeah, I still, I, I, yeah it's crazy. Uh, but no, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm back on the salmon and fine green beans now. Lovely. lovely. It's got to be Kenyan, though. Remember yep. that? Yep. Definitely. None, of that, none of that Egyptian shit. Nah. <laughs> all right thank you very much for listening guys and uh we'll see you back we'll see you back next week with probably just me and george yep. see you in a bit <laughs>